This podcast was recorded on April 21st, 2022. Things may have changed by the time you hear it. Hi, I'm Amy Kaufman. And I'm Lisa Damaris. And this is Appraiser Talk, the show where I ask Lisa, the Vice President of Appraisal Issues at the Appraisal Foundation, your appraisal questions. We answer questions from every corner of the appraisal profession, from consumers to appraisers and real estate to business valuation. Welcome to today's episode. This week, we're talking about the work of a special task force at the foundation. The Industry Advisory Council's Automated Valuation Model Task Force recently released a report two years in the making. Here to tell us about it is the chair of that task force, Paul Chandler. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks, Amy and Lisa. Great to be here. Uh, Paul, so can you tell us a little bit about the task force? Like, what was the mission of your group's work? Well, simply to understand and report the truth about ABMs so policymakers and regulators can develop transparent standards according to Dodd-Frank. The GSEs have been aggressively increasing the use of appraisal waivers, uh, even though many of the leading firms in the industry have recently released papers indicating not all is well in AVM land. A paper released just before the task force was formed, written by two professors from Northern Iowa University, along with Lee Kidney, founder of AVM Metrics, the leading auditing and testing firm in the industry, had reported in their paper that many AVM models are dangerously over-reporting their accuracy. Dangerously was their word, not mine. Another leading firm, Zillow, the company that many Americans use to understand the value of their home or a prospective purchase, published a paper around the same time stating how uncertain AVM predictions can be. So with the leading firms describing the models as dangerous and uncertain, Our task force was formed back in February 2020 to try to fully understand the strengths and weaknesses and report our findings to the Appraisal Foundation for their dissemination to the regulators. Paul, now I know that I learned a lot about reading your report, but can you, in your opinion, can you tell us what folks can learn from reading the task force report? Well, first, if folks do not already know this before they read the report, they will learn that building AVMs is an extraordinarily complex set of tasks. The ability to build AVMs not only requires deep statistical level education, it also requires years of experience studying real estate data for the purpose of valuation. There aren't that many people on the planet with both sets of skills. This presents significant challenges to companies seeking resources to build, test, and regulate models. But more importantly, it's it's crippling to those who attempt to use AVMs for decision-making, such as homeowners, home purchasers, and mortgage underwriters. One of the task force members, uh, just before uh, we formed this task force, was quoted in the Wall Street Journal stating that the current use of AVMs in housing finance is like the old Wild West, where anything goes if you have the guns to support it, but might never makes it right. Homeowners as an American dream lies at the heart of our nation. We must not allow gunslingers selling dangerous AVMs to put homeowner financial security at risk or the stability of our economy at risk. Fair and transparent AVM standards must be adopted by regulators. In fact, a, a, you know, as 
data and artificial intelligence and machine learning continues to grow, there's going to need to be a complete overhaul of mortgage underwriting. I know there's a lot of discussion about modernizing the appraisal process, but from my perspective, modernizing the mortgage underwriting process is much more critical. We've got to bring that process into the modern era. So has your task force shared the results of your work with federal regulators? And what do you see as next steps in this space? Well, we did. We uh, thanks to Catherine Owens, the Industry Advisory Council chair. She immediately, once we knew the report was going to go to publication, uh, she arranged to have a meeting with the CFPB, who we have been told will have the pen in terms of writing uh, any new standards in this area. Several members of our task force met with them, shared our paper with them. They've told us that they will pass that paper around to the various regulators and will hopefully get back to us at some point. What's interesting is that regulators face the same challenges as the rest of the industry. Who do regulators consult with that have the combination of statistical education and real estate data and valuation experience? Everyone, we believe on our task force, we had almost everyone in the country that has that type of depth of experience. And anyone who had a real interest in this space, whether they participated actively with us or not in the task force, came in and met with us, shared with us some of their perspectives. And we were very diligent with the task force to make sure that the primary stakeholders, whether they participated with us on the task force, or not, that they were kept apprised of what we were doing. And as our report was being drafted, again, it took us two years to do this. We were consistently sending emails and updates and copies of our draft. And that included, you know, anyone who's anyone in the housing finance sector. So that, you know, the GSEs were being copied. Some of the rating agencies were being copied. Of course, all the major companies that are selling AVMs in the space. So, our, our report is not a surprise, and I think our report is generally accepted as fact and truth by most people in the industry. Now, how, how we go from here, that's that's the big question, right? So what do we think is going to happen? You know, that that's probably a better question for you two and, and other members of the foundation who have much more experience in how this process might play out. So, so what we hope for at the task force is that there becomes an understanding that these models cannot be used in all situations in the origination space. And there, there needs to be, you know, we, if we had four years, maybe we would have been able to describe this better and get consensus among the different stakeholders in, in housing finance for this topic. But generally, I think most of our task force members understand this and agree that there needs to be limits as to when an AVM can be used for an origination transaction. And those limits need to be based on what we refer to as the temporal and, and the geographic data that's available. Meaning, you know, we know that AVMs work better, not great. AVMs do not work great. That is clear from this report. But AVMs work better when the data is very homogeneous, meaning, you know, a, a large subdivision is built. The homes are generally the same. You know, the price points are generally the same when they're built. The models can be deployed in, in the right credit situations in those cases. 
But what happens to a neighborhood as it ages over time is it becomes more heterogeneous. Uh, Improvements are made, homes are expanded, other homes have deferred maintenance. There's external influences over the 30 years that impact properties. And so as the housing stock ages, it becomes much more heterogeneous. There are some markets that are remote and more rural, so there's not enough relevant data to use these models. And so there needs to be like an overlay developed and this, you know, the the regulators somehow have to, you know, put some guardrails in the process so that markets that are, let's say, maybe older than 30 years, probably not ideal for an origination AVM. Markets that have sparse population, i.e. not as many homes in a market, not as many transactions, not a great place for an AVM to be used. So I think as a very first starting point, if we really want to put safety guardrails around the process, that's one of the most important tasks. And in our report, we describe it as sort of what we'll call an effective hit rate. In the industry today, the AVM model vendors report hit rates for their models. And a hit rate simply is, did I find an address and was I able to produce a value? And in most cases, they're able to find a hit rate and they're able to produce some value estimate. Currently, it's about 90% is what most of the model vendors contend that they have the ability to provide a value at. Most of the people in our task force think that that number should be much closer to 50%, meaning that probably half of the housing stock should be excluded for origination AVMs. And then the 50 that could be used, now you have to lay all the other credit overlays. You know, do we allow them for first time home buyers? Do we allow them for purchases? Do we allow them for only no cash out refinances? Do we allow them at 80%, 70% LTVs? What kind of credit scores? You have to lay that on top of the other 50%. So effectively, a much smaller portion of the market probably is the market that can safely use AVMs during the current generation of AVMs. Thank you so much, Paul. If you'd like to read the AVM Task Force's report, you can access it on our website. Just visit the Current Appraisers section under Resources and click on White Papers. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you'll tune in each week to Appraiser Talk. You can send in your questions to me at Amy. A-M-Y at appraisalfoundation.org and you might just hear us answer in a future episode. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Appraiser Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.